Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, this is Robert Smigel coming to you today with Canada's podcast, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in British Columbia. Since 2004, Colin Sprake has helped hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs and their families make lasting changes in their personal and professional lives. He's been privileged enough to speak on Tony Robbins' stage and present with Jack Canfield, John Asaraf, Joe Dispenza, Les Brown, and countless other global thought leaders. He's a four-time best-selling author and business mentor with a proven track record of personally building profitable companies from the ground up. Well, Colin, welcome to Canada's podcast. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Robert, thank you. Thanks a million uh, as well. And uh, to all those listening, I'm glad you're here as well. And thank you for listening. Yeah, and I know Colin very well, so I, I'm encouraging you to listen very carefully. He's got a lot to say and a lot to talk about, and I think uh, uh, our listeners will learn a lot from him today. So we'll get started, and I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. I know you're from South Africa. Give us the details on your current business. Yeah, thank you so much, Robert. Yeah, so originally from South Africa, arrived here in 98, and uh, that's where we got to meet soon after I arrived in Canada, yeah. Robert, so that was really interesting for me. So yeah, I, I arrived in Canada. You know, started with a company within two and a half years, took that company over and just continued to grow that company and take it to the next level. And eventually just decided, you know, number one, family became the most important thing for me. And I was traveling extensively, sometimes up to 11 months of the year I was gone. And I just said, I wanted a change. So that's when I decided to move on from that company in the end of 2004 and start my own ventures. You know, right now I'm in multiple ventures. I've been in my own business here um, in Canada since uh, the end of 2004 and have been in so many different things, personal growth, uh, the personal growth industry, selling services, but also in products. I mean, a lot of product-based businesses right now. I consider myself to be you know, like a mini version of Dragon's Den you know, with a number of companies that we own, have ownership in. And most of the work I do, Robert, has been around coaching business owners and mentoring them. And I like the word mentoring because mentoring means you've actually done it before and you know what it takes to get to that next level. And I just love mentoring companies. And I started to realize I'm helping companies grow from sometimes five figures to multiple six into seven, sometimes eight and nine figure businesses. And I was like, I've got to, I've, I've got to take some ownership here in some of these companies and get, some, and get an equity role. And that's what I started doing. And that has worked out really well for me. And a lot of it's happened in the last you know, 12 to 18 months. Okay. So did you need financing to start this company? And how do you currently make money in your business now? I imagine there's a few ways that, you know, multiple uh, streams of income coming in. But what is this, how that start? You got financing and then kind of take it from there. Yeah, Robert. So the, for me, I've always financed my own businesses. So, you know, pretty, pretty much financed my own. And then as we grow and we require inventory or require any kind of uh, bridge funding or what have you to get us to that next level, then we involve our financing partners, whether it be, you know, tier level, tier one banks or whatever, or even to you know, tier two or tier three. So I'm always about taking it to the next level. And I hope people with the listen really realize this. It's not always about putting your own money in your company. You know, sometimes you have to take some of the risk off the table and you know, mitigate that risk by getting money from the bank or from BDC or EDC or whichever one of the uh, providers out there. And one thing changed a lot for me over the last 12 months, Robert, where I was thinking a lot about how do I, you know, people said, you ask me, how do I make money in my current business? Well, through mentoring other businesses. 
But the biggest thing that became a big highlight for me over the last 12 months is looking at how do I take what I'm doing in different companies and create monthly recurring revenue? Because I'm all about the passive income stream. And I trust the listeners and viewers will really take this and look at it differently because we're always about how do I make money? And most business owners live from sale to sale to sale, and they're always hunting for the next piece of business. I'm along the lines of how do I keep clients with me long-term and serve them long-term, but create a monthly recurring revenue stream so that you're not always running around hunting, but you're really focused on um, growing your monthly recurring revenue or passive income, as people may call it, but really looking at how can you do that in all industries. And I've done it across the line now with so many companies. A lot of my companies I have um, royalties from, so those royalties become passive income every month. And of course, in my current company with my own um, Make Your Mark, uh, Make Your Mark's primary functional Make Your Mark is to help business owners grow. And that comes through on a monthly uh, revenue stream as well, whether they'll be with us for 12 months, you know, 12 weeks, 12 months, 12, uh, 12 years, it doesn't really matter. Our goal is always, how do you keep on building your monthly recurring revenue stream? And I trust that will be your first nugget for everyone to listen today. Stop living from sale to sale. Think, how can I convert it into something that becomes recurring, that really keeps your business growing? Because monthly recurring revenue makes your business very valuable. Okay. I want you to give me a key piece of knowledge or information about your industry or industries that you work in that our listeners can learn from. So is there something that the common person may not know about in the coaching aspect or building businesses that uh, you could convey to them? Wow. Interesting. <laughs> really interesting. So let's talk, let's talk about coaching and mentoring. So for me in coaching and mentoring, it's really starting to look, so to look at um, how, how to do things differently. So many coaches out there, many people busy mentoring, what have you, is to look at your role differently. If you're helping so many people, and there might be other people that are mentoring in different areas, energy healing and different pieces, whatever it might be, is ask yourself, how can I um, mentor, but how do I take a piece of the action? So I mean, I'm, Robert, I mean, I said it earlier, the key piece for me here is really getting people to focus on what I do today as not just what I do today, but what does it generate me long-term? So when it comes to mentoring, taking equity roles um, in, in, in the companies you mentor, taking um, royalty, having royalties with the companies. Uh, some of the companies are we, are we with, we have a 10% royalty every month. And this becomes substantial when you start to hit you know, multiple six figures a month in revenue. So when you're in mentoring or you're in coaching, uh, it's best to get a chunk of the business. I guess is what you're trying to say. Get a good portion of that for your, uh, for your own company. Correct. So people, so I'm sure there's a question out there. How do, how do you do that? Do you invest money to get a piece of the equity? Um, I don't invest money in some, or I normally do sweat equity. So I get a piece of the business for putting in my time, effort, and energy into the company. At the same time, I watch what they're doing. And then from there, I might finance the company as well. So finance in the inventory or finance, uh, you know, put in a bridge loan to get the company through a certain time. I look at that afterwards, but upfront, it's typically, I wouldn't say a chunk. I mean, it's a big, uh, you know, anything from 25% to 35% is typically our average uh, that we would, that we would, um, you know, take ownership in. But the big piece for me is helping those companies grow because most of the business owners 
um, are all about how do I have this big pie and they limp along for the, for ages as opposed to someone coming in and saying, let me take over a piece, come in and watch what you're doing, really support you, and then finance them to the growth that they need to go to. Um, and simple stuff, like we had a client who's been with us, you know, and we're now partners with them, who've been with us, you know, let's say 14 months. They were doing four grand a month, a micro business. You know, December, we did $107,000 for the month of December. You know, January, we're north of $100,000 again. Why? Because we know what we're doing. We know what it takes to get there. So they are super happy. In fact, I just had a call with them today. And they said to me, Colin, we want you to be more involved in the business because we see how much growth we've had since you joined us 14 months ago. So sometimes yeah. the big nugget, I think, Robert, for a lot of people is everyone wants to hold on to every piece of their business. Why don't you find someone that can help you grow and be the steroids for your business or be the catalyst to getting somewhere quicker than waiting for you to um, keep on doing the same old, same old and growing slowly? Okay. Let's talk a little bit about Vancouver. We learned about you, your company, but we want to talk about why you're doing business and living in British Columbia, Canada. What are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur in Vancouver, British Columbia? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company here, but I also want you to give us some of the tough things or challenges you've had over the years for our listeners so they can keep an eye out for them. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. So, I mean, if, if, if I had to joke with all the listeners, to me, Vancouver is Canada. So, uh, you know, and no disrespect to anyone else who's listening. For me, Vancouver has so much opportunity. I mean, you know, arriving in Vancouver, I mean, number one, I came to a job when I first arrived in Canada. So, the, and the job was in Port Kells in British Columbia. And that got me based in BC. And then I started to travel a little bit and I realized I love British Columbia. I love the people. I love um, doing business here is, I'd say, easy in some ways. Some of the challenging parts of doing business here is some people take a lot longer to be convinced about the value you bring to the party. You know, I've seen that a lot. You go to Alberta, people make decisions really quickly. Like, done, let's make a decision, let's move on. You know, I've seen that in, in Ontario as well, too. In what I've found here is it's great dealing with people um, here locally, but I find the business is a lot slower and the behavior is quite different. And I think each of the provinces across Canada have their own unique culture that uh, will impact your business in some ways in positive ways, other ways, I wouldn't say negative, but more challenging to get through. So that's what I found over the time. And of course, I love being here because I love the weather. I love living close to the beach and I love the ocean. I'm, a, I'm an animal lover. So that's why I'm based here more than being based anywhere else. Okay. Now, I want you to imagine that you just moved here from South Africa. Take yourself back into a time warp. If you were to start all over again and you just moved here to Vancouver, British Columbia, but this time you don't know anyone, knowing what you know now, what would you do and how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur? Well, if I had, if I had, if I had the, the, the wisdom and knowledge that I have now and it was you 20 have it years all ago. Now. You're driving down Ooh. Oak Street. You just got off the plane. You're just thinking to myself, okay, I want to start a business. How would you go about doing it all over again? Or what wow. would you do differently? What would you do differently? Well, I mean, there's so much technology available to us now that wasn't available 20 years ago. So, you know, the thing for me would be with the wisdom and knowledge I have now, I would be really focused on, uh, you know, first of all, understanding cash flow, putting really good cash flow together, but more so anything, looking at what 
how quickly can I get my name out there through different sources? So like Canada podcast, or um, there's so many different online forums, you know, social media. So I would go probably super crazy um, out into the marketplace, but through lots of online channels, you know, meetups, podcasts, what have you, to get my name out there and build and build as quickly as I could. And I'd have a very set plan together. My one thing, Robert, that I watch and I get so frustrated with and as I watch business owners is many business owners are taught, go build a business plan. I'm a fan of build a cash flow first to see that your products or service are priced correctly because that's one of the first thing I build. And then from there, I'd build the plan around that. So I didn't know this 20 years ago. You know, so I'd often be like, I'm going to go out and start selling my wares or selling my products or services. And you don't realize that your client acquisition cost is greater than what you bring in for every client. And you're like, why am I upside down financially? Why is my pricing not working for me? Why has my bank account got no money in it? It's because you didn't do a cash flow in the beginning to understand if your prices were even, um, you know, what's right wording? If your price were even... Uh, amenable for you to even making money in your business. So therefore, I build out a cash flow first. From there, I build the plan around the cash flow. The cash flow dictates my plan. And I would do that. I would run with it. And honestly, for me, Robert, making money is not a complicated thing. You know, it's really getting the structure in place, that foundation in place, but knowing that when you pull the trigger to run, that you've got a really well-defined cash flow that dictates to your plan. And that plan is something that's going to make you money. And most, most for some of the businesses I started uh, years and years ago, decades ago, I didn't really have an understanding of was it actually going to truly make me money. It sounded like a great idea, but I, lots of times, and for many people listening, you undercharge for what you are worth. And I see that a lot as well. Let's talk about your routines and what motivates you on a daily basis. What does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day? Very much so, Robert. I mean, I have routines in the morning and the evenings. So the morning, I, I mean, I wake up typically, you know, anything from 4.30 to 5.30 every morning. And once I wake up, I come straight down into my living room. I have a very set routine I do around. 45 minutes of meditation, visualization, gratitudes, and then I have a special journaling process that I do called Awaking Awaken Your, Awaken Your Brilliance Results System. I do that every morning. That takes me for a total, it's a total time-wise, about an hour. Um, and then I get, I have my bulletproof coffee, and then I really, often I'll sit on the couch and just think about the day and where we're going. Often, if it's a summertime, sit on the patio. So the first hour to hour and a half of every day, I don't touch an email. I don't check my phone. I'm not on Facebook or any of that kind of stuff. I am focused on serving myself. And that sets up an amazing, amazing day for me every single day. And then at the end, I bookend at the end of the day with um, a process I do in the evening around, it's a small amount of meditation. I look back on the day and I look at my successes and what I'm grateful for for the day. I look at what I could have done better in the day and what I was, what I really had, you know, found so super awesome for the day. And even any kind of miracles that came into my day, I, I note them down and then I sleep on that. That's the last thing I do before I go to bed, you know, before I go to sleep. And I do that every single day, seven days a week, no weekends off, holidays off or anything like that. Habits are habits. You don't do them you know, five days a week. You do them seven days a week and you never stop doing them. Okay, you've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs and you've got a long history of that. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or <laughs> wired differently? 
<laughs> so, I mean, there's so many different you know, versions of entrepreneurs. I mean, you've got your, your, your big dreamers that just run out there and dream and, you know, hopefully they find someone to help support them, get to where they want to get to. Because a lot of times, you know, I often say, Robert, you know, God had a sixth sense of humor when he made entrepreneurs. It was like, you have to be super creative to be a great entrepreneur. But the only way you ever become successful is when you're super focused. You know, I'd always say a focused entrepreneur is like an oxymoron. So I think, I'm not saying you have to be weird. You have to be extremely driven though. And you have to be tenacious. You know, for me, I watch entrepreneurs and, uh, and the business owners that I've worked with. Yes, they're different personalities. Some are type A's. Some are more quieter, calmer personalities. But the one common thing I find in all of them, nothing knocks them off. You know, or something does knock them off the rails, they get back on. And they consistently do that because they're resilient. You know, I find that too many times, you know, business owners get knocked off the rails and then they change business. You know, three months later, they get knocked off the rails again. They change business again. It's not about changing business. Sometimes consistent work at the same thing brings you results, even if you're not the smartest person, you know, and that's why I find a lot of entrepreneurs are bouncing between different, you know, different careers, you know, different business opportunities. And I don't invest in any companies that haven't been around for at least two years, because if they've been around for a short period of time, I'm like, what are you, you going to be doing next week? What are you going to be doing the week after? Are you going to be committed to this business? Because I can tell you one thing, punches get thrown at you all the time. Entrepreneurship is a, you know, honestly, it's like being in the boxing ring with Mike Tyson. It's about it's the a and weaving. Oh it's a my goodness, sport. man. And everyone, if everyone thinks this whole pandemic thing is, is gone, it will be gone. But one thing that's going to happen in the future is only another thing around the corner. You know, it's like being a gazelle out in the safari park. You know, you're busy grazing, you smell a lion, you run like crazy and you pray that you're not the slowest gazelle. The same thing happens in entrepreneurship, you know, that, you know, what happened, you know, we, we, we are busy grazing a line comes, we can call that pandemic and call it economy, call it whatever. Once that's gone, there's another line around the corner waiting to, 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 you know, to jump on your button, you know, take you down. And entrepreneurship, honestly, takes, a, I believe, a very special kind of person because it's, it's Robert, there's no discussion. Anyone who is on this call that says entrepreneurship is easy, you know, I would challenge you on that. I don't want to say it's not, it's not easy. I want to say that it takes work to be a fantastic entrepreneur. Remember, 88% of businesses never make more than $100,000 in revenue. Yeah. Only 2% okay. ever get to a million dollars and above. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about things that uh, are uh, a little bit esoteric. If you were doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? You wow. change gears and, and say, okay, Colin, you're not going to do anything you're doing. Something completely different that you could go, okay, I could do this for a living. You know what? <laughs> You'd probably be quite amazed because it's completely opposite to what people know my personality to be. So it's, if I, if someone said you cannot do entrepreneurship, you cannot coach, yeah. business, you cannot do whatever, then I would be in a safari park as a game warden, looking after the animals, helping the animals, managing culls, and making sure that the, uh, that the species are around for my grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and, and long beyond that. Because I think there's so much happening in, in the world right now where we're not looking after the animals. So I'd probably spend all my time just with the animals. What kind of a job would you not like to do? <sighs> Couldn't do it. 
couldn't do it. Um, that's a super. I uh, probably probably anything with blood and guts. <laughs> Seriously, okay. doctor, surgeon, whatever. It'd probably be the worst thing for me to do. In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you le- you like to use on a daily basis? Is there anything that you find yourself saying to your staff or people you work with? Well, I mean, I live by the the, the statement: your you know, your actions dictate your results. So for me, that's one thing I'd be using. Um, also, use everything's happening for us, not to us. So you know, if if something happens and you're upset by something or what have you, it's happening for you, it's not to you. So I live by that statement too every single day. You know, something you know, I slip and fall. I'm like, this is happening for me. What was I thinking about that I shouldn't have been thinking about? Was I thinking ill of somebody or a situation? So that's a big one for me, Robert. And I live by the other one is if you spend your life keeping other people happy, you'll only be as happy as other people allow you to be. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What's your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear? Is there something that comes across your desk that, oh, I just hate when people say that? Um, I don't think there would be any, any statement. I just don't like it when people are disgusting or have disparaging comments about their customers. Like, that customer is such an idiot. Or they put the phone down and like, why do we deal with such idiots or whatever? I'm like, wow. Without that person, you have no business. Like, honestly, don't take the client on if you cannot, you know, if um, don't take the client on if you don't like the client before you even start, but don't take them on and then say disparaging things about them. I really dislike it when people talk about their customers in a negative way, whatever that statement might be. And I've seen companies fold because they just don't talk great about their customers. And eventually customers get to hear about it and they're like, Wow, we should never have really gone down that path. Because I believe in what what you put out is what you get back. So if you put out negative things about your customers, guess what happens? It's only a matter of time before that ticking time bomb explodes in your hands. Is there anything keeping you up at night these days? I know you imagine you just go to bed early, you get up early. Is there anything that keeps you up or bothers you? Or do you just turn it all off at night when you go to bed? That's my wife. She keep my wife keeps me up. She bothers me. Only kidding. Only, only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, jokes aside, no. And I, I am very, very blessed. Something I, I also want to share with the the, the, you know, the listeners today is that one thing I live by is stress is stuff you make up about stuff. Yet it kills most people on this planet, and I'm saddened by that. So I don't really get stressed, Robert. I have a very set plan. I'm organized. I, when I go to bed at night, I typically go to bed at 9.30 at night. Um, I get up early. I sleep really well. I live by my little aura ring, which is one of my favorite things. It's a, a Bluetooth ring that monitors my sleep and all, all the different things about uh, how I do things. I don't really get – I'm not stressed by stuff. In fact, I'm so excited about stuff that I wake up earlier than I should wake up. I'm the opposite. I don't get stressed. I get too excited about things that wakes me up and I get up earlier to go and get the stuff done to go and really serve other people and help them. Good. Okay. Do you have any advice that you, you may have received from someone else that you can pass on to entrepreneurs out Canada? It happened to me rec- yeah, absolutely. Please. It happened to me recently. Um, I was actually just chatting to, to one of our team in the office and I was like, the one thing always to surround yourself with is people that help you think bigger. You know, it's, it's been a game changer for me to, you know, Often we surround ourselves with like-minded entrepreneurs who might push us a little bit, 
you know, and I help a lot of people, Robert. I've helped a lot of people over the years, entrepreneurs, but I, I hadn't, didn't have a lot of high level entrepreneurs around me that are, you know, billionaires and beyond that level that, that have run billion dollar companies. So I met a gentleman in uh, December who really pushed my comfort zone on thinking bigger. So Colin, why don't, he even said it to me, Robert, he said, Colin, why don't you, why don't you think bigger? And first of all, I just like, take a gulp and swallow and go like, okay, this is okay. This is happening for me. And it really challenged me. And it's probably been the best decision, the best thing I've ever done because his expansive thinking has got me thinking so differently in so many areas of my life. So my advice to any listeners today, Robert, would be, be thinking about who is there that's challenging you to the next level. Because if you're comfortable in your business right now, you're not pushing hard enough. Like it's already about thinking how to get to that next level. And the other piece that I'd love to maybe share as well, Robert, is a lot of times we get stuck in companies that we've been part of for a lot of years, like 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, some, some business owners, some entrepreneurs. Often I believe we get blinkered into that industry. We always keep on thinking, how do I expand in the industry I'm in as opposed to how do I expand outside of my industry? So I sometimes think we get blinkered by the industry. And when we think outside of that industry, we could be the next Elon Musk. We could be the next um, Richard Branson, whatever it wants to be, you know, Oprah, whatever it might be. My question to anyone listening today, make sure you write it down for yourself. Write down three people that are challenging you or find three people that can challenge you to think bigger. Because when you think bigger, that's when things really shift for you in your own life. Because I always believe you should, you know, I think Richard Branson says it the best way. You don't have to be this. You should never be the smartest person in the room. And I love it. When Mike said that to me the other night or in December, Colin, you should think bigger. Or you, he actually said to me, you think too small. I was like mind blowing. And then I processed and the results from it, Robert being crazy, absolutely off the charts crazy. So you're saying it's a mindset thing? I think it's a mind, and it's actually, and it's, I think it's a mind that's become set because you're, you're, you're stuck in a certain way of doing things. You need someone to shift your mindset to that, that next level. So I agree, it is a mindset thing, but I think sometimes our minds become set in a certain way that that's all we're used to. You know, we used to be in this industry. So for me, I'm always thinking, how do I expand my mentoring and coaching business? How do I go to the next level there? As opposed to how do I start a hotel chain in Asia? Mike, someone, that's what Mike challenged me on. So like, Colin, what about doing something completely different? Let's do this together. Let's have some fun together. And I'm like, wow, that's completely outside of my industry. So it's, is it a mindset? For sure. But sometimes I think we all have a set mind in the certain industries we're in because we've been doing it for so long. We don't think outside of that industry. Okay, good. We're going to wrap things up. How can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? Yeah, with pleasure. Um, so easiest way to get hold of me is to you know, connect with me directly via email, which is uh, Colin S at mymsuccess.com. So it's C-O-L-I-N-S at mymsuccess.com. Um, that's the easiest way to get hold of me. Um, you can visit one of our, if you're a you know, husband and wife in business together, which is what I specialize in, you can go to powermentorship.com. And one of the key things I'd love to leave everyone with today, Robert, I live by the principle is of what is your freedom plan? And this, I wish I'd learned a lot long, a, a long time ago as well, 
is we get so focused as business owners and owners and entrepreneurs on what's your what's your plan? Grow your business, grow your business, cash flow, all that kind of stuff. What so that's your business plan. The other side of it is what's your life plan? The two of those two come together for your freedom plan. And so sadly, so many business owners are so focused on making money, growing a business that they forget about their family. To me, without family, which is the foundation of a great business and an amazing foundation to grow from, what is it all about then? It's not just about making money. So my suggestion to everybody, make sure you put together a freedom plan, which is you probably most of you have some, some kind of business plan or cash flow, but what's your life plan? Because that's important. Where do you want to be three years from now, five years from now, seven years from now, 10 years from now in your life with your family, with your spouse, whatever it might be for your children? Where do you want to be? Because without those, my life would be pretty, pretty empty. I can tell you that. Awesome. Good. Great words of advice there. Well, Colin, thank you for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you and I'm sure our listeners have as well. We'll see thank you, you next so time. much, Robert. It's been my pleasure as well. And thank you all for listening. And I look forward to connecting with you.